The FT. There is an uncomfortable truth lurking behind the celebrated rapid rise in the number of women on the boards of the UK's top companies. I'm Carola Hoyos, editor of Executive Appointments at the FT, and with me is Emily Cadman, who has spent the last couple of months delving into the data on the non-executive directors, those who govern the boards of the UK's largest companies, and she's come up with some interesting findings. Emily. What's the most important one? I think the most important thing, Carola, is just to wind back for a second. We started with this target to try and get more women on boards, partly because of fairness, partly because of equality, but the main factor behind it was the desire to avoid groupthink on boards. Now, what I found out by looking in at the backgrounds of all of the people who are currently serving in that non-executive role on the FTSE 100 is the closer you look, the more similar they look. Here's a portrait of who an ideal Ned is. They've got substantial corporate board experience. They're probably in their mid-50s. And they've probably, or quite likely, to have an MBA or financial qualification. That's the same across both men and women. This importance that chairmen place on having previous board experience, in particular, I think you found that it's executive board experience that they want. What does that mean for women? And what does that mean in terms of increasing the number of women on the non-executive director board level in the future? The most important change over sort of the past 10 years is that on British boards, the proportion in executive roles, this is what we would typically consider a chief executive or a chief financial officer, has gradually shrunk and the non-executive aspect has grown. But what chairmen want from non-executives is that previous executive board experience. But the chances of a woman getting that now have been shrinking. What this means is that the pipeline of, let's say, traditional-looking skilled candidates is shrinking and will continue to shrink. So unless chairmen look elsewhere, look at talents of women, potentially from professional service firms like law firms or consultancy, or they look in the charity or education sector, the number of women who will meet the profile that currently mostly male chairmen expect is going to diminish as we go forward. I mean, it's also more difficult for men, but I guess the pool from which you're fishing is just so much smaller when it comes to women. How many executive board level members are women? So it's 24 at the moment in the FTSE 100. And yes, you are right. And I think that's the bigger point of this story. Though we've looked at gender, we are meant to be looking beyond that. We're looking to diversity, diversity of experience. And I think it's important that men realise that looking at more diversity won't just help women, it will help them as well. Emily, why is diversity and particularly diversity of thought so incredibly important? Well, academics studying the financial crisis have consistently, in many countries across many jurisdictions, identified groupthink as one of the problems. People thought the same way about things, they reacted to information the same way, which meant, in a way, lemmings fell off cliffs. There's been research done by a number of academics which suggests that the more diverse a board is, the less inclined it is to that groupthink. So hopefully, making better financial decisions. Mm, That's a very good point. Now, tell me... Germany, quite interestingly, moved to mandatory quotas for women in companies. That is something that the British do not want to do. However, when we've in the past written about the German path towards this, it was very similar to ours. People initially wanted it just to be voluntary, women and men, government and business leaders. But they got to a point where progress was just no longer being made. The easy fruit had been picked. In your reporting this out, What's the view? Where is the UK in its journey? 
quotas in the UK are still not wanted by the vast majority of people. It's very hard to get people of sufficient senior level to call for quotas. But what hasn't really been appreciated, I think, yet about Germany's decision to introduce quotas is it's robbed Britain of one of its main allies at the European level in terms of trying to block the mandatory European level quotas. The directive is currently in draft form at the moment, so the details can't yet be entirely known. But there is a fear that without Germany's backing, Britain will find it much harder to block the introduction of mandatory quotas. The people who really push the voluntary approach will warn quite openly that unless there's continued progress, it's going to be harder and harder to stop Brussels introducing legislation. Emily Cadman, thank you very much. For more downloads, go to ft.com forward slash podcasts. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.